What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's guest is Jevin Koleth, a man on a mission to make an impact on current and future community and world leaders. His passion is helping leaders discover their individual core values and personal missions, developing their EQ characteristics, and helping them turn any negative situations into positive opportunities and outcomes. Through his coaching, Jevin is able to help individuals maximize their long-term leadership habits, as well as help them create strong team environments. Jevin brings an abundance of knowledge and passion to this conversation, and I am positive you will have some key takeaways after listening. To any future leaders out there, pull out some pen and paper and give it up for Jevin Colet. What's up, fam? CJ Finley here, back again on the Thrive on Life podcast. And today I have a very special guest, Mr. Jevin Colet, who's a leadership development coach. And leadership is one of the major things that I look to do and learn from and become not only for myself, but also for everyone here at Dive on Life and any other interactions I get to have in life. And before we hopped on this episode, me and Jevin were going back and forth and I learned that his car broke down the other day. <laughs> And he did something I don't think a lot of us would do. But before we get into that little part of the conversation, how are you doing today, Jevin? I'm doing great, CJ. Doing fantastic. Thank you for having me on, man. Heck yeah. I was really looking forward to this conversation. Jevin and I, I think we met on Instagram. I think we did. I think Um, we did. I mean, a lot of people through there, but Jevin shot a shot, reached out to me. And uh, yeah, it's been a couple of times we've we've linked up now. And I knew I had to have you on this podcast because everyone out there needs to hear what Jevin has on his mind. So yeah, run me through what the hell happened to your car. And th- this man picked up a book instead of getting all pissed <laughs> off. So how does one get into that mindset? Yeah, yeah. Great question, man. If you asked me that question about a year ago, I would I would have said I would have been pissed off. But yeah, just a lot of practice. So yeah, car broke down off of the boardwalk um, by the river. And of course, I'm sitting here like I have 10 conference calls coming up for work and my personal stuff. So it was easy to get hyped up about it. But I was like, you know what? One of my goals was to to be able to read every day just a little bit. So I was like, what better book to read than you know Atomic Habits while my car is broken down and just regurgitate that habit of not caring as much about the unknown and the unvariables that, that, that can happen. So quick mindset shift and I was able to just chill, read a book, and then my AAA guy showed up and all was good to go. So what ended up happening? What was wrong with the car? Yeah, it was a faulty battery. So I ended up having to go take it to the (laughs) shop uh, about three days later, um, got a new battery and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah, it was quite the week, man. But yeah, about a year ago, two years ago, that would have been something that just pissed me off. Like, to the end, right? But you know, these days you got to take take the hits as they come. And 2020 has been a crazy year, so uh, yeah, just just you know, all the unexpected things that have happened. I think it's actually helped me grow just a bit. 
I love that. And one of the reasons I wanted to kick off with that story is because the number one thing that I've found with leadership is how can somebody be a leader if they don't do the right things themselves? And we're finding that if you look at social media these days or the news, you're finding that there's a lot of cough, cough government leaders (laughs) out there that say one thing and then do another, but actually practicing the principle that you just showed there is is very difficult to do yep. within ourselves. And I'd love to just kind of kick this conversation off with, you mentioned that it's been a, a, pro, a process to get there. Where in your life did you kind of start to see that you wanted to dive into leadership and what it meant not only to yourself, but to other people? Yeah, no, great question. I think what's funny is in, in my life, I'm going to go way back, you know, history wise, is it's my journey is what really impacted leadership in general. So I've always been involved in some sort of fashion of leadership positions growing up in high school. Um, I've always been a leader in different clubs, different organizations. Um, and then, you know, in church, growing up in church as well, took on a lot of leadership positions. And at that moment in my life, I thought, that I was doing a fantastic job as a leader. I thought that having these positions, being an excellent task manager, um, really just achieving these high tasks, right, was going to get me to that point of being that amazing leader. Um, so then college hit, and uh, as every most kids go through, you know, you have to figure out what you want to do. And you know, coming from an Indian household, one of the things that they instill in you is you got to figure out what you want to do and uh, go pursue that career. So I was that lost kid in college, no idea what I wanted to do. Eventually went down the path of executive healthcare administration um, for graduate school and then was forced into a job. Not forced into, luckily got a job as a regional manager over like 16 outpatient clinics and I had to sink or swim. And so that's when I realized how my leadership was before and the changes I had to make. So, you know, cutting it a little bit short, one of the things that I wanted to do in that position was develop a leadership initiative for people who weren't catered to in the organization. So it was all the non-clinicians that didn't really have an opportunity for leadership development in the company at the time. And why was this your area of focus? Because I was the one of the sole people that went to graduate school in that realm, I think the organization kind of looked at me and my leaders kind of looked at me to kind of develop that. So it kind of fell into my lap and I was interested in it, of course. I didn't really know what all it entailed. And so it wasn't until I dove in and I sat with uh, my mentor, Vernon Cook, who was a physical therapist, regional director for years, and he already had this initiative developed for clinicians. And me being that cocky individual coming from graduate school, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to sit down with a physical therapist and learn about leadership. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how that goes. So I walked in with a chip on my shoulder, man. Like, I want to be real. Like I walked in, like, what are you going to teach me? Literally just finished my capstone of my thesis. Like I'm good, you know, but walked in and the dude like completely blew my mind. Um, and he was like, I'm not going to give you info. I'm actually going to mentor you for about a year. In the, in the beginning, I was like, what, what, what's happening right now? <laughs> but that one year of mentorship was one of the most pivotal, life-changing moments for me. I didn't learn half the things that I learned in that mentorship that I did in graduate school. It was very EQ-based. It was personal development. It was character development. Um, really missional based, purpose based. And what was the one like? What was the biggest takeaway? So you, you mentioned yeah. EQ and like personal base. So from this guy who was mentoring you, yeah. what was? Is there anything that stood out 
Yeah. Biggest thing that stood out to me was just really, and it sounds pretty cliche and pretty easy, but if you think into it and dig into it a little bit more, it's it's a lot more in-depth. Character development. So character development is the one piece of information that I got that applied to all facets of leadership, um, and it was so universal. And for those that are listening, to define your character development so that they can get a vision of like what that actually means. What that different means. people, it means like, I'm thinking Zelda. I'm thinking like you're, <laughs> you're developing your calendar, car- character, which yeah. again, could apply yeah. to the real world, but yeah. that's where my mind goes. But in, yeah. in your story, where does character development kind of fall? Fantastic, fantastic point there. So I'm going to give actual examples to kind of let people know what that, what that actually entails. So I was that individual as a leader who would walk into a clinic or walk into an interview and I knew the list of things and criteria that I wanted an individual, and they were all IQ-based. So this person needed to have this much experience, this person needed to have this education, this, that, whatever. So that whole connection and purpose component of it, when I was interviewing someone, I didn't really look into. And that's how I led as well. So I would lead individuals based off of the end goal, which is ROI, finances, IQ-based initiatives, metrics, right? Here's your goals. Every day we're going to have a Lean Six Sigma huddle. And here's your goal. Here's your initiatives. This is what we have to meet. So if we dig into Lean Six Sigma a little bit and Agile, um, a lot of those initiatives are very robotic and very machine-based in the sense of it's eliminating waste and it's eliminating different things and intangibles intangibles exactly exactly um but they're not accounting for the people right you're not accounting for the human aspect of things the emotional aspect of things that are connected to purpose mission and vision of a job so i had a lot of turnover you know i had a lot of turnover i had a lot of people that weren't engaged i had some toxic environments um in my clinics that i had no idea why these things were happening And so I was able to develop that my purpose and my vision and my character at that moment wasn't in line with with any kind of EQ-based values or core values that were not finance-related or not performance-related. So values like integrity, values like just believing in what you're selling, you know, just having the the actual wanting to heal people and, and better yourself. Like things as simple as that were not things that existed in my forefront of my repertoire. And I'm being honest and transparent and a lot of leaders out there struggle with the same thing. And I mean, but th- this is the thing, you're just a cog and you're just a representation of the actual system that produced you. And yep. that's the real big issue that it is running rampant out there. And it is- yep showcasing itself now more than ever. And that's one of the reasons that I'm so passionate about education reform is because we silo kids off to do whatever it takes to get that grade. Yep. It doesn't talk about morals. It doesn't talk about ethics. It doesn't talk about anything. It's like, do whatever you got to do to get the job done. So like when I went to college, it was, I did whatever it took just to get that little grade at the end and to go show my parents and make sure I show my scholarship program that I got yeah. the grades to keep the scholarship. Yeah. But I was not thinking like, is this one helping the world at all? Yeah. Is it making me happy? N- none of that were even instilled with. Yeah. So there had to be an inkling in you besides the fact that there was toxic environments happening and things weren't necessarily going your way. You meet this mentor. Were you reading any books or listening to podcasts? Or like, 
was there anything that was going on outside in the outside world? Because I think a lot of people, they deal with this in the corporate world and in their job, but it's also showing up in ways outside of their job as well. And yeah. I'd ro- love to kind of pick apart, was it also happening on your outside life? It's, it's cool if not, but I think it's super relatable to people if right. they can see kind of how the work world and the real world are fluid I think a lot of people separate, I have work me and then I have real me. And I think real leadership is being just you, right? And for you, what did that feel like when you were old Jevin is what I'll call you in that leadership modality of ROI? And how was that showing up in your personal life as well? Because I know that has an impact. It does have an impact for sure. And I think one of the things that I was doing was, again, one of the things that we learn in academia-based, institutional-based society is work-life balance, right? So what happens at work, I, I've heard this my entire life from old school leadership, which is what happens at work happens at work. What happens at life happens at life, and you separate that. And as you said, and I love that you said that, it's life is life, right? And work and life are actually the same thing. So if something is happening at work where you're messy, your desk is messy, guarantee you're going to go in your car, you're going to go back at home and your room's probably messy, right? So there's something deeper going on. Um, So for me, it was that pursuit of title and it was that pursuit of money. It was that pursuit of, you know, I want to in society represent myself a certain way um, and be that individual of quote unquote status um, and reach the top. You know, my end goal was to be a CEO. Why I wanted to be a CEO, I had no idea. No idea. Like, I just knew that that was a status and that was a title and that had money. So that's what I was going to go after. And so in the meanwhile, of course, I'm a book nerd. So I'm like reading Simon Sinek and reading all these books. And they were fantastic things, you know, absolutely fantastic things. But everybody's different. And sometimes you need more than just your quick book fix or your quick audio fix to really help you realize what that vision and that value is. Um, And that's where mentorship came in. That's where my coach, my mentor, who introduced me to this world really came in because he was able to push me with investigational questions and just make me realize things that I didn't even know. And secondly, hold me accountable to build those long-term habits. So yeah, that was the I love that. And I I actually tweeted something out the other day. The best mentors never take credit for what their mentees do because the best mentors realize the mentees actually have to go out and do the fucking work. And it's, I, I tweeted that because I've been seeing a lot of people talk yay for mentors, nay for mentors and things like that. And one of the things I realized is that the best mentors I ever had are all around me. Like they mentored me in ways like my interns are my mentors. Yeah. And when you go about life looking at it like that, where if the person you're sitting across the table from, like I am like with you, cannot mentor you, you're wasting your time. Bingo. And that's how I kind of shifted my entire life. And that's how I feel like I'm at a a way happier place than I was five years ago because of that. I literally just decided if I'm going to sit across the table from someone, I'm going to be willing to be mentored by this person. I don't care if they're seven or if they're 70. Like I can learn from all of them. And one of the things that I love how you brought this up because when I do my consulting, kind of like we kick off, one of the stories I always tell is who are the best entrepreneurs out there? So for you, you're you're trying to get more entrepreneurial. You're building your leadership program. So I'll ask you straight up: Who do you think the best hustlers are in the entire world? 
man, there's you know, no right answer here, but yeah, yeah, no. So, I mean, obviously top, top in mind in Austin, Texas would be CJ and thrive <laughs> for me, you know what I'm saying? But, um, really what I look for these days in hustle and entrepreneurial spirit is really, again, what you just said, people who recognize that values and mission based movements are huge. Those are the people that I align myself with. Um, and you hit something on the nail, like leadership development leaders. If you're like sitting here with you, um, you're the founder of this company, but not once have you dropped that in conversation with me, right? Which is a big deal because that tells me you're not about titles and you just basically spit out, hey, I learned from everybody around me. Um, and that's the same type of culture that we used to develop in clinics as well. You know, So those are the type of people I want to surround myself with or people that have hustle and passion and whatever it is. Um, it could be skateboarding. It could be honestly like pursuing sports, whatever it is, it could be something completely opposite of me, but just having that passion and that hustle. It's cool that you picked that up because what I meant by hustle is like the ability to keep going. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to look like I'm hustling to make a hundred thousand dollars. That's not what I meant by hustle. Yeah. But yeah. So when I sit them, when I sit the clients down, I tell them the biggest hustlers out there are our homeless demographic for the most part, because they don't know where they're going to sleep. They don't know where they're going to get their next food. They don't know where they're going to get water. Yeah. And, but they have a purpose behind whatever it is. Now, a lot of times it's a fucked up purpose. A lot of times it's an unfortunate purpose, but it's something to look into because when you're, when you're building something, if you're not willing to literally 24 seven go after it, then it's probably not what's for you. Exactly. If it's not keeping you up at night, that's probably not for you. So if you're going to bed and you're not thinking about the thing that you're actually working on, yep. then that's your clearest sign that maybe you should be gaining some self-awareness and self-awareness is huge in leadership and leaning into something else. And that's where I struggled the most when I was in the corporate world was seeing not passionate leaders, yep. which bleeds to everyone else. And because they're showing up to a job, they don't have that hustle, that passion to like, I'm here because like, this is like, my meal, yeah. like somebody that hasn't eaten in a while. Yeah. This is what it feels like. And the podcast for me, that's what it feels like. Every time I jump on here, it's it feels like that, right? Yeah. So that's how I know that this is a 10-year, 20-year, 30-year game for me because I just love it that much. Absolutely. And when I'm working with my clients, that's one of the first things that we go through is because when I set them down, I'm like, if this isn't going to be fun and you're not going to be passionate about it, why are we even here? Exactly. And then they dig into that. So for you, why the healthcare space yeah. because we've had a couple conversations now and I've never really dug into, I mean, there's so many different industries out there that you could have went into, yeah. but what about healthcare was it? Because this is a two-parter because healthcare is so important now. Yeah. We obviously see this. Yeah. So it's, I'm very happy that there's people like you out there, Yeah, but why healthcare five, 10 years ago? Exactly. Great question. And you know, my answer is going to be a little funny because you know, the reason I got into healthcare was because when you grow up in an Indian household, let's be real, like you have many options, but everybody is in healthcare. Like that's just <laughs> what what the community does. So I got into it not so much for the intrinsic great purposes, but what I got out of it was amazing because my first job in healthcare was a physical therapy tech in the geriatric setting and in the neuro setting. So I was the lowest man on the totem pole holding up these patients that cannot hold themselves up, spinal cord injuries, strokes, traumatic brain injuries. That has to be humbling. So humbling because you're working with a population that can't help themselves and then you become that person, right? 
So before I got into leadership, I had that instilled in me, that servant-based leadership quality that was, I want to make a difference in people's lives. Like I want to change the world one person at a time. So I knew that way, way back when that's how it looked like. And then when I got the opportunity after graduate school to be a leader in that realm, I jumped on it. Um, so yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not tied to healthcare by any means, but healthcare has a huge place in my heart because that's my upbringing. And that's what I, what I basically started my, my life on. Um, and it's had a huge impact on the way that I think. I mean, I wish this needs to be heard by every healthcare practitioner yeah. out there. And something that you said earlier hit home home with me, it's titles. And one of the things that frustrates me with the healthcare practice is the fixation on titles. PA, f- uh, physical therapy tech, doctor, dentist, orthodontist, whatever, yep. right? Like, yep. why is there such a, th- like, there's a more of a focus on what title you're getting and how much money it's going to make you rather than the practice of actually healing people. Yeah. And you don't need a title to heal people. That's the craziest thing. Like some, in most cases, I hate to bring up back up the the homeless population, but if you were just, if we were to just go talk to people and listen to them, that right there is probably leading them in a better path than a lot of the shit that we are doing. Exactly. taxpayer dollars towards, exactly. right? So I, these are all the things that I'm thinking about. This is like healthcare from the ground level is just having conversations with people and communicating and kind of doing what you've done. Yeah. Now you've done the hard work and there's a lot of people out there that have not done the hard work and you've been mentored and there's a lot of other people out there that are not willing to be mentored. So in your eyes, what is the step to basically get more Jevons in the world? How do we, how do we go about doing that? Yeah, no, I think I think the first couple of steps are definitely I'm I'm going to use a broad term self-development, right? I can't teach anyone and um, people can't teach people something that they don't have the fire inside to want to accomplish. And that's my biggest philosophy and I've had that in leadership development as well. There's many people that have come to me because they want a bigger title, they want a promotion, or they want something like that, and that's their drive, right? But if that drive isn't with a purpose within, there's nothing I can do for you. And so I think the biggest thing that I look for, um, and I think people need to make a difference, is really just resonate with why they're doing what they're doing. Why are they in a certain setting or a job? What's their purpose? What do they want to do? And sometimes you don't know that until you go out and do stuff, right? But if you're still in that discovery phase, the best thing that I could I could honestly say is every single day, just make yourself better, you know, whatever that may be. So if it's, you know what, I'm, I'm really unhealthy and I need to work out, fantastic. You know, make a plan of action to make yourself better daily. Or if it's, you know what, I have some emotional trauma or I have some things going on, pursue counseling, you know, things like that to better yourself, right? So that's what I look for. I look for people that better themselves in some type of capacity or some sort of fashion and start doing that within themselves. And if they have that drive and you have that passion, you're going to be better than the Jeffins of the world, right? Like I think you're going to make so much more of an impact later on because you've developed that skill of wanting to better yourself. What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning in to this episode with Jevin. Hope you're loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. 
As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You'll also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shout outs, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Jevin Kolith. It's such a fine line because like with self-development, I mean, we're, we're taught about it. Like people talk about, that is something that like when you're growing up, it does get talked about, but I just don't think it's more in like a toxic way than, especially with media. It's just like you brought up like health and wellness, yeah. right? The way that we see it and the way that it actually exists is two different things. Yeah. Like health and wellness is waking up and making sure that you drink enough water. Yeah. It's not waking up and starving yourself so that you get to have abs. And that's where like the big conflict happens. And I rack my brain on how do we fix that? But that's a whole nother conversation. But what struggles have you had in trying to instill this type of methodology into where you're at? Because I know talking about core values and um, instilling mission statements into companies, like I, I get a lot of rebuttals in the beginning of it because one, it's uncomfortable to actually sit there and try to plan out like, what do I actually value? It's not something that we're actually taught from a young age, but in the healthcare space and everyone that you've been around, I mean, I've, I've gone to a ton of doctors and like, I just don't take them as the type of people that are into, they're going to think shit is woo woo, uh, type of things. What has been like the rebuttals and the pushback that you've gotten? Oh gosh. Yeah, no, I think, I think the pushback is what really developed my passion. You know, I think the pushback that I got, I mean, it was absolutely significant in the beginning for sure. Um, so I had a couple of initiatives growing up, um, with Baylor, you know, I, I was leadership development was one of them and, you know, cultural development of different groups, you know, group, group development was another one. So yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. When you are in a world that is very linear as far as focus these are the things that we're going to accomplish today. These are the patients that we have to see today. In a way, very robotic. When you have a meeting that takes away people from, from patient care or you have a meeting and that takes away people from their job, their eight to five job that they have, and you're talking about mission and core values, the first couple of sessions until you build that reputation is going to be absolutely brutal. And that's exactly what it was. It was just a group of people staring at me, silent and you know, that's one of the things that I love is when, when folks are silent, I'm like, give me all the silence because I love awkward silences, you know? So I just sit there until I get a response of somehow, and then we navigate conversation. So there's always those cases in a group or individuals that are just so hardwired um, that you're, you may not be able to make that change at that moment, right? But my, my favorite thing is, you know, someone I've had a conversation with two years ago that 
I had such an awkward conversation with about the core values, about the mission, about self-development. And two years later, they're pursuing it, you know? So where I wanted to make that difference instantaneously, what I've learned is sometimes you plant that seed and that seed flourishes a couple of years later. So yeah, I always say there's no conversation about core values or mission that's a lost conversation. I think somewhere down the line in someone's path, they're going to recollect that conversation. And if it was an awkward moment, even greater, because people tend to tend to remember awkward moments <laughs> a little bit more. Um, but yeah, no, it's great to see some of those stories that flourish later on. I love that because that in itself is a leadership quality of kind of realizing it's not instant gratification. Exactly. So anytime you go into an environment where you're educating or you're facilitating the education of leadership, yep. it's not going to be instantaneous. Yep. And a lot of the people in the room are not going to become great leaders overnight or not even going to be thinking about leadership the next day. Exactly. But you're basically just the guy that comes in, waves the wand, and maybe they start actually thinking about integrating those things exactly. into your life. So. Let's do a little case study here so that yeah. the, the audience can kind of understand it. If you, if say Thrive was kind of your your target customer, target audience, like what is the first thing that we would potentially be doing? Absolutely. I think the first thing that we would do is evaluate everyone's personal mission. Um, so I always say that there's organizational missions and your personal mission who you want to be and what that purpose is. And I'm going to use a short story here real quick. Like when you're walking into an interview, right? You're interviewing that person as much as they're interviewing you. We all know that, right? But one of the things is if they're interviewing you and you don't know your personal mission or you don't even know your purpose, you'll never know if you actually align with that that organization's mission and purpose, right? What if your personal mission at that moment is, hey, I need to ask for this much money or I need to ask what the career tra trajectory is, which are all things that people ask, but have you asked what their core values are? Does your leader that you're interviewing actually even know what the organization's core values are? Do they even know what the mission of that organization is? If they don't, those are red flags, right? So one of the first things that I do with everyone is help them develop their own personal mission statement. What is it that you stand for? What are your core values? Who are you as an individual? Are you a mom? Are you a dad? Are you a brother? Are you What is it that you are? We list those things out. We put a whole bunch of ideas on the idea bubble, and we kind of figure out who it is that you are, what your mission in life is. And it can be a short exercise. Some people know it instantly. Or it could take a little bit longer, but I'm okay with that because we need to nail down what your personal mission is and then we go into core values. I love it. And okay, so like let's flash forward. I got my mission, I got my core values, and now it's kind of time to figure out how that aligns with the company. Yep. What's kind of like the next step in that process that you have? Absolutely. So the first whole, I would say six to seven sessions or even more is going to be self-development based. So it's going to be, okay, we figured out your mission. We figured out your core values. And now we're going to introduce the variety of evidence-based research that's out there, right? There's a lot of case studies. There's a lot of things out there that can be boring, but some of the stuff that's out there is really EQ-based. So we utilize the research that's already been done out in the industry. We look at that research and we do an inductive study together. So what that means is we read it together and we're actually going to have a session to where what stuck out to you? What are some things that you notice? And how do we now apply this to you, your journey, and your life. And from that actual conversation and from different things such as communication etiquette topics, 
your your personal mission as far as how team environments should be, who you are as an individual in a team. Are you an assertive person? Are you more of a person who's an empath? Whatever that is, honing on your own skills and researching a little bit more about those things um, and figuring out opportunities. That's the biggest thing that we're trying to figure out from that self-growth is what opportunities are out there for you as an individual to be able to grow and utilize that as your superpower. So that is definitely, I think, uh, a few of the things that we do. We focus on it from an individual-based perspective, and then we eventually shift that into a team-building perspective. So now we're going to look into things, okay, I know what I need to do to develop myself. Now I need to figure out what do I do to lead a team? So how do I interview with mission-based values? How do I lead a team with mission-based values that's going to lead into ROI? How am I going to lead different individuals at different personality types? Um, All these things come into factor. And so we go from individual to team. It's basically like one of the examples that I like to use a lot is I like to work with founders because I think of them as like, the octopus. Because if you're an octopus, you have like eight tentacles, right? So you have hands, like if you're a founder of something, you have hands in all these different buckets. And I'm very all over the place. I like learning a bunch of different things. I like working on a million different projects at a time. So working with founders and other CEOs is a great place for me in the world because they have tentacles everywhere. Um, Now there's other people that want to just have their one job, do the one thing, they don't want to be thinking about other things. They just want to go deep and narrow, do their research. And knowing yourself is so critical for that. And one of the things that I think happens in the corporate world is you get managers that want to be siloed off, but they think that their success is predicated on becoming a manager. And I was listening to, I think it was Tim Ferriss and Jim Collins, and they talk about a lot of people, this is like 90% of people's problem, is their ambition supersedes their happiness, which means that they probably got to a point in their life where they found their role and that was ha- it created happiness for them, yep. but their ambition wouldn't let them stay in that role. And I think that's what happens a lot of time in leadership where it's just like, maybe you become the middle manager and it actually makes you really happy, yep. but then you should be having the ambition of going up to be a C in the C-suite, right? Or a vice president or whatever it is. And people take on that pressure, then they get into this role that one, their leadership capabilities aren't up to par in that because one, I think that a lot of leadership is just self-education and continuous learning. And if you're not, if you don't like the thing, you're not going to continuously learn about it. So I want to wrap this so that I can ask the question, which is when you have people that are highly ambitious and really striving to become their best selves how do you help them figure out, I don't know how to say this, but like what their path should be? Because one of the struggles that I've always had as a coach or a mentor is you can't do the work for somebody, right? But you can kind of tell like, okay, I don't think you'd actually be a good manager or I don't, I I think you actually are a better manager than, uh, what is it called? Um, a busy bee is what I call it. Like somebody that just does the work. Um, there's different types of people, just like you were talking about. What is your protocol around if you know someone's striving for something and is an ambitious towards one thing, but you kind of know in your gut, like it, they're off, 
Like, how would you approach that? Uh, such a great question. It, it applies on so many facets of my life, from coaching to my own journey. So, I think I think that was such a fantastic point that you made there. So, my biggest approach with leadership development and coaching individuals is every single person is going to be a completely different footprint. So, going in with that mindset of how I communicate with an individual is going to be so different from A to B. Person A is so ambitious that he has his hands in 50 different things, right? Like he wants to do this, he wants to do that, he wants to do this. There's nothing wrong with that. If he truly aligns mission-wise with all these different things, you help them hone that and figure out, just remind them, you know, like these are the self-checks that you need to do regularly to make sure that things that you're doing aligns with your mission. Person B is trying to be like person A, but can't be person A right? Person B is an empath, a little bit more introverted, but they see from social media, they see from society today what a leader looks like. And it's a scary thing if you're looking at society today on on what a leader looks like, because we see it in media all the time. And so making person B realize what their strengths are, you can't tell them, but you have to navigate them in coaching to make them realize that. So bringing in articles, bringing in books, really like you're doing with me, you know, in this podcast, asking those investigational questions until that light bulb clicks. And you have to dig. I've had many sessions, not to scare anyone away, but I've had many sessions where people are in tears, you know, because you dig to the point where they figure out, holy crap, this is what's happening. This is why I do what I do, or this is why I am doing this right now. And I just had a light bulb moment, right? And so Nothing wrong with that, but I think you really have to, as a coach and a mentor, dig and help that individual figure out their own journey. If you, you can say whatever you want to say and you can preach whatever you want to preach, but until that person has that light bulb moment, it's not going to make a difference. I love that. And there's something to be said about that because as a coach, the way that I've kind of approached it is that it's not my job to make you like me. It's my job to make you like you. Yep. And that's so powerful. And I think so many people forget it. Yeah. And it's also the toughest thing as a coach because and a CEO, because and a founder, whatever the fuck your title is, anybody that's trying to make a change in this world and be a good leader is is not going to be liked. Yeah. And that's where I think a lot of people and what we see in today's world is there's a lot of people that know that. So they bend the rules, I would say, too much. They're yep. like, oh fuck it. I'm not gonna be like, so I'm gonna be so brash, so stubborn, so out of this world because I know I'm going to gain some type of notoriety for it rather than like the stoic leaders that centuries ago yeah. where it was about just doing the right thing and being good exactly. striving for good striving for the being the best human possible yeah and the way that I dig down deep into it is like the best leaders are the ones that do what they say they're going to do exactly so whether you say you're going to do like you have you had that person that is looking up to person a who's doing all these things and I tell the people this all the time because I do a lot of things because that fills me with energy. But a lot of people don't get energy from doing a lot of things. Yeah. They don't want that energy, but they think that they should. Yeah. Versus I used to get bottled into people telling me, you should only do one thing or you should only be the best at this. And exactly. like that would hurt my energy. And until I dug into like, what would it look like to be the best me possible? Yeah. What would it look like to lead me? And as long as like, the way that I think about it when you have your tentacles out is like, as long as I'm showing up in the way that I say I'm going to show up yeah. in all the different projects that I'm working on, then I'm calm, cool, and collected. But a lot of other people, when I 
when I would try to be mentored or try to try to be coached, because I was doing more than what they would do, it was harmful to them because in their eyes, they're just like, well, I wouldn't be able to show up with all my energy to all these different things. So you shouldn't do it. And the reason I'm even saying this live is because if someone's listening, I want you to see both worlds because most people are after doing more um, which I'm going to tell you, like, that's not ever the goal. Exactly. Like the goal is only to do more if that's what you enjoy. And I enjoy working on multiple projects at the same time, but not at the cost of it, it ruining my leadership and my reputation. If I'm taking on things and like, I feel like I'm not showing up as a leader, I won't do them. But I also have the energy to show up to multiple things as that person, because that's what gives me energy. So the point of this whole thing is, to lead leaders, you have to obviously gain that energy yourself. So I'd love to know what you're doing today. So you had those mentors, you had that mentor. What are you doing today to give yourself that energy to lead in the best possible way? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. And I think that segues into an analogy I use all the time when it comes to developing leaders or developing yourself. It's always building your foundation, right? How are you going to build your foundation? So there's like that parable that, that talks about building your foundation on sinking sand or building your foundation on solid ground, right? And sinking sand for me in my life was money, uh, status, all those things that we talked about earlier. Those were the things that I was pursuing and I just kept sinking, right? I just kept in a way from my journey perspective, I would get promoted, I would get promoted and then eventually I was like, I'm just not happy, right? Because my foundation was not built on who I am, bettering myself as a person, understanding what my mission and purpose is, and just figuring out why I think the way that I think or why I'm struggling with certain things the way that I am, taking mental health seriously, you know, really looking into whatever avenues I need to to be the best version of myself taking physical health seriously, you know, that's been a constant struggle for me. Nowadays, I just watch one of CJ's videos, and then I'm out working out, you know, so, <laughs> um, you know, you got to do what you got to do to make yourself the best version of you. Um, so yeah, no, if I, I always say build yourself on that solid foundation. And that's what I do. Um, I always take time during the day. Um, you know, and you're a huge inspiration for me. Like I wake up in the morning, I meditate, uh, I work out, you know, I read a little bit of a book for me, you know, I drink a lot of water. I just sit in stillness and quiet before I do my day job. Right. And then I mean, I've noticed immediately, like I'm starting my day job even more efficiently and I'm happy, you know, and I'm able to even finish my day job and then go into my passion, yes. my passion project, right? <laughs> Which is amazing, right? Like I'm sitting here building a website or I'm sitting here writing a blog or I'm sitting here, you know, making leadership quotes or whatever it is. These things like really give me, that's my passion, right? Um, so I'm finding more fulfillment in my day when I think about mental health, I think about physical health, I think about the things that are going and in the mundane day-to-day -day flow, it's easy to forget about it. And eventually you'll hit that sinking ground. So just making sure that that foundation is solid is, is key. It's interesting that you said it in that way because I've never heard it described that way. And I'm going to write about this because that's how I, like when I hear new ideas and that's how I kind of articulate things the best and, and learn about them the most. And I never thought about it this way, but it makes so much sense because even if you figure yourself out, so like a good instance for me, a couple years ago, 
I had figured myself out. I figured out the path I wanted to be. I wanted to be a full-time serial entrepreneur. I wanted to work on multiple projects. I wanted to be helping people every day. But I was running myself into the ground and I was still operating in quicksand, like you said, yeah. uh, rather than building a strong foundation. And when I think back about it, you just gave me the light bulb moment of like why I was doing that. And I'm digging into this a little bit so that there's other people out there because they, they might know their passions, but they don't have a strong foundation around that passion because what I was doing was I was overextending myself in my passions and really... I was still chasing money. I was becoming a serial entrepreneur because it led me to being able to make more money yeah. rather than what I really liked about it was working on different projects and with people that I love to work with. Bingo. So today, this the foundation of it is I will not work on anything. I don't care about how much money it is if I don't enjoy the people that I'm working on yes. it with. Yep. That is the foundation. I used to not hold myself to that standard and I would work on projects because I thought it would bring me this money or this status. Yep. I didn't really understand it at the time. This is going back like I'm 25, 26, yeah. I'm about to be 30. I was still, I took the corporate methodology into the entrepreneurship of I'm going to work on projects that have this potential to be this next greatest thing yeah. rather than projects I actually like working on a daily basis because this is a long-term game. So the way that we win at this long-term game is to show up in our best self every single day. And the best self is also created when you surround yourself with other people yes. that are showing up in that. So I love the projects that I'm working on today. And to be honest, a lot of them, I get paid a little bit less than if I would have went after these things that could change the world, quote unquote, Bingo. an app or uh, this next hot business yep. model, whatever it is. Rather today, I look for that solid foundation and then build that solid foundation. And what do you know? I start actually gaining more traction in a yes. lot of areas of my life because I'm in the right lane. Bingo. Um, Bingo. So I love that you put it that way because it just brought me a lot of clarity into the struggles that I've had yeah. in the past and how you can still figure out what you're passionate about, but still be running in quicksand Yep, because that's what I was doing. Um, and yeah, talking about this has me going and I could ask so many different, <laughs> I can go, we can go in so many different ways with this because that right there, I think is, I always look for root causes of things. Yep that's how we find the ultimate kind of like solution. If you can prove things wrong, you yep. can then deduce a right. Yep. And I think what's wrong with the world is that everyone is running around on quicksand. Yep. I think the world really hones in on quick fi fixes and instant gratification. We talked about this earlier, right? Um, how it looks like to be successful. It's all these things that are instantly pleasing, right? And I think your story that you just hit was just on the nail. I wish I could write it down as a case scenario because honestly, like you found your weaknesses through what your passion was and you honed in on those weaknesses and turned that into long-term habits and opportunities. And I'm telling you, like that's the basis of, of, of my leadership coaching with my own life as well is people don't realize when they realize what their weaknesses are, those are your superpowers. When they realize, you know what, I'm running in 50 different directions and I'm chasing this, but as soon as you realize why you're chasing that stuff and you realize that it is a weakness, 
and you hone in on that and turn that into an opportunity, you're going to see that turn into like a habit and you're going to see that turn into something in your life that as you see now is flourishing and it's, it's making you happy and you're successful. And it was the same thing for me. You know, that's why I left the corporate world in healthcare and moved into, I'll give you your spot on. Yeah. I will give you a direct example of this. Yep. So I'm a socialite always have been, I was an athlete captains of my team, like super competitive. I like to know everybody. I like to hang out with everybody. I like to be in diverse groups. Mm -hmm. The problem is you can only know a certain amount of people in your lifetime. Like, right. So you start, you start hitting as soon as you go from your small town and you know, everyone in your small town, then you go to 43,000 person college and you're in a fraternity and you're on a sports team and you're doing nonprofit work. Like, and then you get into real world and you're just like, wow, I can't know everybody in the real world. (laughs) I never dived into why did I like yeah. being around all these different types of people, right? Exactly. So as soon as I, I was the kid that had the leash. When my brother was born and my mom, you only have one person and you have two kids to be paying attention to. And I was the older one. I had to have a leash because you couldn't, I was running around all, all these other places. That showed up as an adult when yeah. I got into uh, entrepreneurship where I would just run around and meet up with everybody. Yeah. Rather, what I started realizing, you hit the nail on the head with, okay, that's my strength. Meeting with people and networking and building a solid foundation of collaboration and potential collaboration is my strength. But it's also my weak. It's my greatest weakness. Yep. Because every time you sit down with somebody it means you're saying no to sitting down with somebody else. Yep. However, as soon as I kind of dialed into the meditation and starting my day slower, and what I did was I refuse. Now I refuse to take meetings before 10 a.m. Good for you. I won't do it. Good for you. And also after 6 p.m. Nice. So I have to say no to anyone that wants to meet in the morning. Now, there are some certain cases, like I have a, a photo shoot I'm doing at 8 a.m. on Monday. Like there's certain circumstances which yeah. I will do, but yeah. most of the time, 9.9 times out of 10 now, it doesn't happen. Yep. And what I've noticed is my gaps now from 10 to like three when I do meet with people, it forces me to only choose people that I get energized by. Yep. Right? Yeah. And the people I get energized by, it doesn't matter. Your status doesn't matter. Yep. It matters more of who do you want to be? Exactly. Who do you want to become? Yeah. So I only choose to sit down with people who want to become the best version of themselves. Yep. If they don't, if, they, if I don't sense that in them, then I say no to it. Yeah. And that has made my life, my business, everything else a million times better. And I'm actually doing less. Yes. That's the fucking craziest part. Yes. Is I am doing less, but I'm actually feeling more. Exactly. Yeah. What you figured out there was your mission. So through these things, this is amazing to kind of see, but through setting these boundaries and realizing that part of your strength was your weakness, not only did you, you know, get more productive or or became more happy, you actually aligned with your mission and your purpose that much more because you want to be surrounded with individuals that have the energy, have the purpose, have the mission that you embody and you value. And that's what this does is when you figure out any type of opportunities that you have to grow, not only does it make you stronger as an individual, it brings you back to that first step, which is it aligns you back to what your original mission and your purpose was. And it maybe makes you realize even greater what that mission and purpose is if you have to alter it. So uh, your, your story in general- Key word uh, you said there. Yeah. Do you know who Seth Godin is? I've heard of Seth Godin. So yeah. Seth Godin, yeah, he writes a ton about marketing and different marketing books, but you should definitely look into him. But I was listening to a podcast earlier this year and he said, when he takes on a project, the first thing he does is lists the constraints. He doesn't look at 
what it could be, he starts immediately with what would the constraints of this project be? And he says, if you can't dial into what the constraints are, you shouldn't work on the project. Uh, that's a good By point. constraints, meaning like, okay, like most people are thinking, oh, we could make a million dollars or, oh, we could do this or, oh, we can do that. It's like, well, what, if we work on this thing, what's it going to tie us to? What are the constraints we're going to have to live by if we're doing this thing? And that also has been enlightening because I was just like, if I put these constraints on the life that I truly want to have, I'm going to get the life that I thought about. Yep. Right. But if I never put those constraints, then I'm literally just stuck in quicksand. You hit it on the nail, man. You've literally just hit on my career. <laughs> so if I didn't do the jobs that I ended up realizing wasn't my purpose, wasn't my mission, and I didn't really evaluate it, I, I evaluated it that it was a promotion and more money, right? Those are my motives. But as soon as I got into it, I started realizing there are so many constraints that do not align with what I believe in, right? And if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't have known that, hey, I actually believe in this. Or, hey, these are moments that I'm actually, those are my values. So if you don't grow and you don't turn those opportunities into, you know, actual character building moments, and I, I say that all the time, but if you don't really take advantage of those weaknesses or opportunities, you're missing out. You're missing out on so much that uh, that you have within and your potential. This conversation has been awesome. And unfortunately, we got like 10 minutes left. <laughs> um, I, could, I could talk all day, but I'd love to get more into you kind of getting the floor to sure. be cocksure and promote yourself a little <laughs> bit. So, because this is really what I like to do is connect people. That is my superpower um, is connecting people and ideas and what they're working on. If there's someone else out there right now that's listening to this, who is your target audience that you are really trying to work with? Like, so I have, again, I just listed my constraints around the people I want to be around. Yeah. But if someone were to hit you up, what would that person kind of look like? And it can be as broad or as narrow as you see fit. Yeah, absolutely. I would, I would definitely encourage anyone in any type of capacity that considers himself a leader. And again, not based off of title, but you yourself, you want to be a leader within this aspect of your life, or you want to be a leader within this organization, whatever it may be, if you want to develop yourself, and I'm one of the few out there that do that whole EQ before IQ process, there's a lot of leadership development things out there that are very IQ based and technology based. Mine's just very holistic. And we're going to talk more about EQ and developing your character. So if you're one of those people out there that really just want to dig into who you are, your mission, your brand, your core values, and really develop that into a long-term habit and legacy. Um, I'm more than happy to to be that person for you or talk to you a little bit more about it or give you resources or just grab a cup of coffee and, and learn a little bit more about it. Um, so yeah, anyone, anyone who has an interest or if this conversation strikes any type of interest or passion within you, I'd love to talk to you about it. Heck yeah. And if I'm the type of person that's a little bit shy yeah. and I don't want to reach out, but I am a, a self-starter and a self-learner, what are the top three things you could say that I could do to kind of improve my character? Yeah. I mean, that's a fantastic question. putting you on the spot. I love that. I love kind of something I want to hear <laughs> as well. No, number one is really sitting in stillness and quiet um, and figuring out, you know, you can be journaling, you can just be thinking about it, but really thinking about what makes you happy and just write it down, write down what makes you happy. It could be family. It could be going out with friends. It could be whatever it is. And 
if your happiness doesn't align with what you're doing right now, that's step number one is is figuring out who you are if you're aligning with your purpose. And step number two is really realizing your roadmap to get to where you want. Can you do it yourself? There are some people out there that can, which is amazing. If you can do it yourself, go for it. But if you can't, don't feel feel afraid to reach out. I have so many people in my life that are my own coaches, my own mentors to be the person that I am today because I know my capacity of who I am and what I want to pursue. Um, and number three is stick to it. If you know your mission, if you know your passion, get ready to work. Do the work. Do it. Be consistent. Show up every day um, and uh, just be religious about it. Wow. That's awesome. Well... <laughs> It's been an awesome conversation and there's so many things that I'm thinking about right now. And one of the things that I always do at the end is ask like a couple similar questions that I ask all my guests, but I'm always looking for new ideas. And fortunately I have a badass team behind the scenes, Jake Allen being one of those people. And he came up with an idea that I'm going to roll with, with Jevin, because this episode is going to be released in January and it's December right now, but in 2021, the question that we are going to be asking people at the end of our conversation is going to switch to what does it mean to thrive to you? Yeah, it's a great question. I think for me, thriving these days is just doing something every day that fulfills what I believe in. Um, so it could be for me right now, it's pursuit of betterment. So if I went on a walk and pushed myself a little further that day, that's success. So success no longer for me is a to-do list. Success is really doing that one thing that I really made an impact with my mission and I bettered myself. So just doing that daily and having that alignment um, on a daily basis is, is key for me. I love that. And for anybody else out there that's listening, if you hear this question, I highly recommend that you one, practice what Jevin just said, but two, write this down yourself and figure that out. And one of the reasons that we kind of like wanted to dive into this question and and figure out what other people were thinking about what thriving means to them because it is different to every single person. And it's something that I want to kind of push more on this world because as Thrive on Life continues to grow and I get to sit down with amazing people like Jevin, I want to push out there that it looks differently to everybody. And I don't want to be the person that is trying to box anybody into a certain way of doing things. Um, because this world throws different curveballs at all of us throughout every single day. And you need to have that definition in yourself and that thing in your head that's telling you, this is really what I want my life to become because we cannot do that for you. And the first step, just like Jevin said, is to just write that shit down. So I'm really happy that that's what you started with. But before we wrap up, where can everybody find you at? What's the best way to get in contact with Jevin. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was waiting for this podcast to release my official website, jmkleadership.com. Um, it's a website where you'll see what I'm about, what my purpose is, and how to contact me. If you want to shoot a quick DM, go to Jevin Colef, J-E-V-I-N-K-O-L-E-T-H, um, Instagram handle, and give me a direct message and we'll, we'll link up. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you so much. Is there anything else that you'd love to leave our audience with? Any one-liners, quotes, <laughs> anything that they can uh, kind of roll into the new year with? Yeah. Biggest one-liner I can think, and it's so fitting being in this office, is find what makes you thrive every day. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much, Jevin. At the end of every episode, I kind of dig into what my biggest takeaways are. 
And today, without a doubt, it's your analogy around the quicksand and the, and the solid foundation. I talk about building a solid foundation in businesses all the time and in life of uh, physical, mental, and spiritual health, but I've never really thought about it as you can be working on those things, but still be in quicksand. And that's where I found myself in my own life a couple years ago. And I finally feel like the foundation is starting to kind of like solidify. And that's where I want to end this conversation with that could take years. So it took me years upon years um, and a lot of struggle to being in that quicksand to really realize that I was in the quicksand right. in the first place before I could start building that solid foundation. It might happen for you in a day. It may happen for you in 10 years, but just don't stop trying to build that foundation is really what I took from this conversation because especially when we're talking about leadership, the best leaders have mentors exactly until they die. Exactly. And that's where it's just like for me, the more I know, the more I don't know. And I always want to tell people out there and whoever's following Thrive on Life that we really just hope to educate you on the fact that there's so much education that you're always going to be needing and seeking. Um, so don't put too much pressure on yourself. Have patience. Seek joy, happiness, and fulfillment. And yeah, reach out to us here at Thrive on Life. This is CJ Finley with the Thrive on Life podcast. Thrive on y'all. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.